Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and this is our full moon forecast. And I actually had planned to do a segment on Mars and Mars moving into Aries, which is going to be pretty interesting because Mars is going to move into Aries. It will go retrograde in September. Um, back into Pisces. It's going to be super interesting. And so I'm still planning to do that segment, but I saw that a full moon was coming up in nine days and I, my heart just wanted to do the new moon forecast. Um, the moon is going to be in Travana, which I'm going to get into, but it just seemed like a topic that I want to talk about. <laughs> so we are going to talk about the upcoming full moon and how the upcoming full moon may impact you or certain um, areas of your life that you may consider utilizing full moon practices in. Um, I put a poll out on Instagram and saw that many of you are hoping to get more information on it, each individual sign. And so it's not a problem to just quickly go through and do that. So I will make time to do that at the end. So talking about this upcoming full moon, we are going to have a full moon on August 3rd, 2020, around 10, 14 a.m. Please keep in mind, I do reside in Austin, Texas, so that is Central Standard Time. And this is sidereal astrology. So if you follow the Western Zodiac system, these signs are not going to be correct. So please keep that in mind as we continue forward with this podcast together. So talking about this full moon, as we had the new moon previously in the sign of cancer, this month in August, on August 3rd, we're going to have the full moon in the sign of Capricorn. Now, Saturn is in its own sign of Capricorn, and the moon will be in Capricorn, but the nakshatra that it will be in is Shravana. And Shravana nakshatra is actually ruled by the moon. So even though the moon is sitting in the sign of Capricorn in the Saturnine sign, it's still going to be in a nakshatra that it feels very comfortable in. And of course, there are a few other things happening astrologically, and we'll get to those as well. So Shravana is represented by a hollow instrument. And so this could be a drum, it could be a flute, it also can be represented by an ear. And so it is said to represent that which can hear the unheard. Just kind of letting that sit for a moment. The full moon in general, this is when the moon and the sun are opposing one another in the sky. So the moon is absorbing as much light from the sun as possible. In general, it's an energetic time. It's a time not to engage in any risky activities, though sometimes we might be tempted. Um, and because the moon is at its brightest point, it's the time to let things go, let go of various aspects of ourself, let go of an addiction, a habit, a person, just letting things go. This is an auspicious time because energetically, as the moon begins to wane, 
the light will slowly be stripped from the moon and therefore energetically it's helping to support us in releasing those intentions that we put out into the universe. Something that I was talking about recently, I just got inspired to talk about this, is that we don't necessarily create reality with our thoughts. I know that there is a lot of belief in like, oh, what is it called? The secret, um, power of positive thinking, personal manifestation. I think that there's a lot of truth in that. I think, um, but really, you know, what I think we are changing is our perception to our reality. But if we sit around and we think about things, we're not going to get anything done. It takes a combination of passion and inspiration and positive thinking of shifting our perspective to allow us to achieve. Because a lot of the time, it's our perspective clouding our reality that keeps us stuck. So it's a combination of changing our perspective of ourselves and our reality and will, effort, discipline, and dedication. It's a combination of both these things. So I'm saying this because it's a combination of our thoughts and our perception as we co-create with universal forces. And this is why astrology is so important so that we can best harmonize with that energy, which is why this full moon is an auspicious time to let go of these things, right? Where um, it's kind of like a little added support. Now, what I love about Shravana Nakshatra is it is this symbol of the ear. It can hear the unheard. It's extremely intuitive. It's extremely musical. You know, it's also the flute or the drum. So if you're interested in music, it's very auspicious for partaking in musical activities. And this is happening days after Mercury enters the sign of cancer. Mercury is our speech. It's our communication. Entering the sign of cancer, which is about nurturing, having compassion, connecting from the heart. Um, And of course, at the end of July, Venus is going to enter Gemini sitting with Rahu. So this is going to, it's getting aspected by Mars as well. So this is taking relationship. It's giving it a lot of passion. It's giving it a lot of speed. It it can be a little bit combustible. It's going to expand. Okay. So this could be a good thing or a bad thing. The reason I mention this is because it's a fantastic time to communicate consciously, right? Engaging in conversations that you practice awareness in. It's like with every conversation, it's almost like a practice of mindfulness, which can be really difficult when you're feeling a lot of feelings, which I think we're going to start feeling particularly in the middle of August, Okay, so this full moon is happening at the beginning of August. Things are really going to heat up in the middle of August. So if we can get these elements into practice, maybe it's going to help us in the middle of August when we really need them. And so talking about conscious communication, what does that look like? Well, it's asking questions. It's trying to gain more clarity. It's not assuming things about the other person's thoughts or feelings, which again can be pretty hard. Um, if we're feeling hurt in that moment. And it's also using I statements. 
Now, I don't know about you, the younger generation seems to have so much of this already unlocked. They're like, all of them. All of them are just like old souls. Every time I talk to anybody younger than me, I'm blown away with wisdom, okay? Me, you know, I'm in my late 20s. It took me a long time to figure this out. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about it just in case anyone else is dealing with this or grappling with this or having a difficult time. But rather than putting the blame on somebody else or expecting somebody else to make us feel a certain way. Maybe I'm the only one who's guilty of this, but sometimes I'll be sitting around and I'm like, man, I wish somebody would text me to make me feel good. I'm relying on other people to make me feel happy or I want my partner to respond to me a certain way, right? I ask him a question hoping that he'll respond in the way that I want which isn't super helpful, right? Because I'm not being clear with him. I'm not being direct. I'm kind of setting him up to fail. And then I get mad at him, (laughs) right? So conscious communication is having a very clear understanding of what we want, right? Shravana, hearing the unheard. What is within us that may not be conscious on the surface? Getting very clear with ourselves of our intention in conversation. What do I want out of this conversation? Do I want attention? Do I want reassurance? Do I just want company? Do I want to argue? You know, is there something that is bothering me? And if that's the case, engaging with, hey, this thing bothers me. I feel this way about this thing. It's not what you do makes me feel this way, right? That's the incorrect way to engage. Um, according to this conscious communication, it's instead, I feel upset that you didn't text me goodnight. And when you don't text me goodnight, I feel insecure and I feel sad. And I would actually feel really happy if you did text me goodnight. You know, it's kind of taking the blame off of the other person, not, oh my God, you didn't text me goodnight. You don't care about me. You don't love me. That's a lot of assumptions to throw at somebody right? We have to tell them what we are feeling honestly and proposing what might feel good. Um, So that that just kind of went off on a tangent, but that's what I think about when I do think about Shravana Nakshatra in a lot of ways and hearing that unheard, listening with compassion. The same thing as with Mercury in the sign of cancer, speaking from the heart, trying to speak in a way that is uh, compassionate and engaging for both people. Particularly, the Mercury will be with the sun. So this means the moon is going to be sitting directly across from Mercury, directly across from the sun. So this is a great time to let go of these little things in our communication that create so much drama and aggression and arguing. And I'm certainly not perfect. This is an act, this is an active practice for me, okay? I think everyone can always improve on communication. The other thing that I was thinking is our defenses, right? And as I was mentioning earlier, when we are communicating in such a way that is aggressive or blaming or shaming, right? We don't want to shame anybody or uh, pointing the finger. That's a defense. That's projection. It's denial, um, putting this blame on the other person rather than taking personal responsibility. And when we are in defense mode, When we feel defensive, which I feel like so many of us have been on constant defensiveness since the COVID thing happened, and it's kind of running in our system, 
right? We're kind of shocked our nervous system, which is happening to everyone, right? We got to be compassionate about it and compassionate with ourselves. But when we're in this defense mode, it doesn't make it super easy to hear the unheard. It makes it very challenging to tune in to other people, what other people might actually be communicating. And it's also very challenging to tune into ourselves and know what we actually want to communicate, what we actually want to say, what we actually want to be heard. I think that that's the biggest thing. I think that sometimes when we engage in communication, when we have our defenses up, if we're feeling afraid or scared of getting hurt or fear of abandonment, our defenses go up and we start saying things that aren't necessarily in alignment with what we really want or what we really need um, or in a way that can create cohesion and collaboration and compassion. So is it possible in this time to kind of let those defenses down? Because we have our defenses up for many reasons. It may be from our past experiences plus our current environment. But is it possible when we are engaging with one another to take a moment really in in real time? One of my teachers says healing happens in the here and now. So you've got to cut yourself off when you're engaging in um, acts of, you know, aggression or just kind of feeling that out of control feeling when you're not truly in alignment with yourself. When you're truly in alignment with yourself, you don't need to yell or um, respond abruptly or respond with anger. It's very, you know, you know, I know that you know what it feels like to respond from a place of authenticity. And so when you respond from a place of authenticity, you can't be in those defenses. So taking a moment, calming yourself down, asking yourself what you truly want out of that conversation, and then proceeding from there, trying to come from a place of of clarity. And I've been going off on a lot of tangents on these, and I think that they're mostly fueled by my own personal reflections because... um, you know, I, again, I, I just always want to stress that I am not perfect. Like I, I have experience in personal work and I have experience engaging in these things and it's an active practice because people are people and we still have triggers and this is the beauty of it because it reminds us to be compassionate with one another when we slip up. Okay. So Shravana, hearing the unheard in ourselves. This is August 3rd. So just taking time and kind of reflecting on that, letting it percolate, seeing if there's any way in your communication that you can improve or come from a space of compassion, nurturing, empathy, and understanding for yourself and for someone else. This is going to be deeply supported with the moon being in Shravana and with Mercury being in the sign of Cancer, even with Rahu and Venus, I mean, I would say, just because there is going to be this emphasis on uh, the other more so in intimate relationships, of course. So anyway, that is how I feel about the full moon. If there are any other things that you've been wanting to let go of, it doesn't necessarily need to be in communication. Mercury also rules technology and screen time. It's an excellent time to let go of clutter, clean out your files, spruce up your computer, maybe put down your computer and giving yourself more time off, maybe setting the intention of only spending an hour a day on Instagram, which seems impossible nowadays, right? So anything like that, Mercury is also the skin. 
So maybe you nurture your skin, taking time to give yourself um, an oil bath, rubbing oil on your skin, letting it sit 15 to 20 minutes and then washing it off or giving yourself a facial, doing something to nurture and beautify your skin. So I'm trying to think of other things. I mean, mercury rules so many different areas of our life. So of course the moon is also going to be with Saturn on this day. It's a great time for acts of service, serving other people, serving the elderly, uh, giving money to charity, excellent. Um, also acts of discipline, right? If you have anything that you need to get done, I would go ahead and uh, pedal to the metal and allow yourself to use the energy of the full moon to get things done, clear it out, and then just let yourself rest. So the middle of August is going to be heating up. Okay, and so there were a few different days that I was looking at. One of them is going to be August 19th. On this day, we're going to have Sun and Mars in the points of Gandanta. And so I'm running my program really quick so that I can look at it. And so Gandanta is when a planet is very close to the edge of a water sign and a fire sign. And it technically means it, it has the sensation of drowning. When a planet is Gandanta, it means it's drowning. I've texted friends before trying to explain how I feel, and I say I feel like I'm in a Gandanta point, okay? It's, it's overwhelmed energy. It's a very karmic energy as well. So on August 19th, Mars and the sun will both be Gandanta. And there are a few other things that I wanted to mention, but talking about this first... Mars represents the military, military forces, fighting, aggression, warfare. The sun represents the government, political leaders, leaders in general, the president, okay? This middle period of time, I think, is going to be pretty intense. I think that we're going to see intensity escalate in the middle of August. I want to say Mars is also going into Aries with the planet Uranus. And this, I feel, is going to maybe escalate this UFO stuff. So there was a UFO sighting. Some people are saying it's a conspiracy. Other people, of course, are saying that it is actually a UFO. But, you know, that aside is that Uranus does represent aviation and flying aircrafts, okay? And now we have Mars coming in as well. Mars can also bring passion and energy. Um, am I saying there's going to be an alien invasion? No, I don't think that there's going to be an alien invasion. Um, but I do think that things are going to amplify a little bit with this information. I do think that it's going to get more notoriety and more popular. Who knows? The sun, Mars, and Mercury are going to be in nakshatras ruled by K2. And so why is this important? Right now, K2 is sitting with Jupiter and it's sitting with Pluto in, of course, the sign of Sagittarius. K2 restricts, it takes things away. It is meditation, isolation, liberation, but it also takes things away and it separates. I think that in the middle of August, there's going to be some 
heated event that causes even more of the separation, feelings of isolation. It may be that the socially the social distancing becomes more regulated. Maybe there are more rules. Um, it could even be around your belief system. There may be something that continues to perpetuate um, a separation in what people are believing. And so this could be a spiritual belief, religious belief. I'm thinking that it's going to be more around ideology, um, around the masks, around just these kind of current events, the social justice movement. There may be something else that creates even more separation between people when it comes to their belief system. So, and, you know, I, I say that because it's fascinating to me that Mars and the sun are in these signs and Mars is the military and the sun is of course big, bigger control and the government. So just being mindful and taking precaution, I, um, you know, we, we always want to, we always want to move forward with optimism. And so the good thing about astrology is that we know when things are going to end and we can get a pretty good idea of what's going to happen utilizing astrology. But the best thing that we know <laughs> is when good times are coming and bad times are coming. And I do want to say the middle of August is not going to be the best, but better times are definitely going to come by the end of 2020. So definitely uh, keep on holding out hope. I think that we are going to be just fine as a country and as a world. What this time period though could be as well for you because you are aware, you are engaged spiritually, you want to do the right thing, you're a good, sweet person who loves other people, right? So with this placement, it is such a powerful time to engage with ourselves spiritually, utilizing the power of Mars and the sun. I mean, think about it. K2 right now is going to be super engaged by Mars, which is in its own sign of Aries, the sun, which is in its own sign of Leo, these two fiery signs. So is it possible to commit to a daily spiritual practice, to meditate every day, to do a yoga practice every day, something that is utilizing both of those forces? And Mars, of course, is going to be a more physical energy, which could be a physical posture. It could just be the dedication of showing up. And then, of course, the sun is our soul right? The sun is our soul in Vedic astrology. So partaking in activities and commitments that help our soul flourish, doing the right thing, doing the just thing and the ethical thing. The sun really does um, want to do what is best for the soul's development. And, you know, depending on the chart, the sun doesn't always allow that if the sun is super damaged. Um, but the sun in general, that's what the sun is driving for. So continuing to engage in those personal practices. So that was a brief overview of August. I hope that it was helpful at the beginning of the month, set your intentions, become clear by the middle of the month, things are going to be heating up. I do believe politically, I think there's going to be more separation and more distance, one more thing to note is that by the middle of the month, Mars will no longer be aspecting Venus and Rahu, which is really positive. But Venus and Rahu, depending on where it is in your chart, it's going to be in the sign of Gemini. So you want to see where Gemini is in your chart. This is going to kind of 
Um, take the qualities of Rahu, which is insatiable desire. It can be fame. It makes, it kind of speeds things up. It also kind of obscures things in a lot of ways. And then of course, Venus is romance and relationships and love and our diplomacy. And now it's coming in with Rahu. So this can be really positive depending on what planets it's transiting. It may get good opportunities of, um, financial benefits, luxuries, maybe opportunities with love even. It could also bring some obscure encounters with love um, or even just obscure thoughts with love, you know? So don't make any choices regarding love. I know that you've been waiting because Venus was also retrograde. Venus being in Gemini is a pretty big deal because Venus has been in uh, Taurus for a while. So Venus moving in to Gemini on July... 31st, I believe, it's going to feel quite different. And it's going to be with Rahu, right? So Venus going into Gemini isn't that big of a deal. Venus going into Gemini with Rahu after these months of Venus being with Taurus or in the sign of Taurus, it's going to feel quite different. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. So I can go on all day about this stuff. I am going to cut myself off and get to what most of you might be waiting for. So I'm going to talk about the um, upcoming full moon and how it may impact each sign. So let's get into this. So looking at Aries, it looks like that the full moon is going to be taking place in your 10th house. So this is an excellent time to channel that energy of Shravana in your career maybe meditating on your career and how you appear to the public eye. Where do you want to go in your career? What are you cultivating in your career? Is there anything in the communication or technology within your career that can change? Because the 10th house, it is our career and it's also um, how we appear to the outer world. So maybe taking time and contemplating that your identity in the outer world, your identity in your career. If there have been any miscommunications in your career or something that you've been wanting to say and you haven't said, it is an excellent time to contemplate that and maybe set an intention around it. If you are a Taurus moon or a Taurus ascendant, these can be read by either, the full moon is going to be taking place in your ninth house. So this is of your dharma of your path, your father, your purpose. So if you are a Taurus ascendant, it's so funny. I have a really dear friend who's a Taurus ascendant who this is completely in alignment for him, but it might be a good time to contemplate your purpose, right? Sit quietly with yourself and meditate, wondering if there is anything to hear about your purpose that may need to shift or change something, some old ideologies that you might be clinging to that you can slowly begin to release or let go of, um, but just getting very quiet and listening in. This of course may also have to do with your father. So checking in with your father, um, hearing him, if you have a father or paternal figure in your life, it's also your gurus. So if there's anything with your teachers that you want to share or be heard or even just listening to them. It's an excellent time to listen to your teachers. If you are a Gemini ascendant, I feel like I could talk about you all day for your first and seventh, but I'm going to try to stay on task. Your full moon is going to be taking place in the eighth house of transformation. 
an amazing time to meditate, amazing time to gain clarity in meditation, um, and with your transformation, you know, so we've passed this point of being in the middle of the year, but kind of doing a little summer cleaning of your psyche, so to speak, sitting with yourself, seeing if there are any old thought patterns or negative self-talk, things that are a little bit darker because this is the eighth house. It's this inner realm of your psyche. So noticing there are any of those um, more deep or dark thoughts or patterns in your life that you can begin to release and let go of. And of course, always working with yourself to find compassion. And this could, of course, also deal with finances, actually. So if there's anything financially, any habits financially that it's time to let go of, just sitting and contemplating and thinking about that. If you are a Cancer Ascendant or a Cancer Moon, this is going to be taking place in your seventh house of relationships. So for you, you get the fun task of really listening to yourself about relationships and of course listening to your partner. So, and this could be business partners as well. The seventh house is intimate relationships, but it's also your business partners and business endeavors. So sitting with yourself, asking yourself what you want in relationship, are your relationship needs getting met? And taking time to listen to your partner, really honing in on that conscious communication, asking thoughtful questions, being patient, using I statements, not passing blame, or acting from a place of being defensive, okay? This is a big year for Cancer Ascendant and Cancer Moon. I don't know if all of you Cancers have caught on to that yet, but um, September, it's going to feel better, but... So looking at Leo Ascendant, okay, so this full moon is going to be taking place in your sixth house. (laughs) So, you know, the sun then will be in your 12th house, of course. So this is an incredible time to actually sit with your body. Notice how you're feeling physically. Um, It's been a big year for Leo in many ways in regards to the career it's a great time to slow down on the full moon. Just do a scan of your body. See how everything is feeling. Is there anything that your body is trying to share with you? This taking place in the sixth house as well. You know, Saturn is in the sixth house right now for you, Leo. And it's... Um, kind of like a workaholic mentality, wanting to work a lot, maybe having trouble with coworkers in some capacity. So if there is anything that you're wanting to say to coworkers, being very mindful with your communication, being very gentle, once again, conscious communication, and of course, listening to your body, listening to your health. If anything does come up in regards to health, certainly go and get it checked out. It's a good time to get on a health kick and take care of your health. If you are a Virgo ascendant, this full moon is going to be taking place in your fifth house. So this is an incredible time to listen to your creativity. Okay, the fifth house is children and creativity, uh, publishing. It's also stock market, okay? But, you know, focusing on these other things. Listening into maybe your inner child, what part of you needs to be nurtured? And Virgo can be very 
um, they like to push through things a lot. So maybe just taking some extra time to slow down. Once again, nurture yourself. Hear if there's any part of yourself that needs to be taken care of in the way that a child needs to be taken care of. Because the truth is that all of us have these little wounded parts of ourselves that happen in childhood. And we don't have a parent to take care of us really right now. As adults, we have our parents, but it's not necessarily their job to take care of us. Many of our parents have their own things that they need to address, bless their hearts. And so it's our job to kind of go in and do that um, damage control and take care of ourselves. Of course, being in the fifth house, it's a phenomenal time to get clarity on creative endeavors or endeavors of education. If you're wanting to start a new program or learn something new, maybe getting clarity on it and investing. If you are a Libra ascendant, this full moon is going to be taking place in your fourth house. So the fourth house is our inner sense of security. It's our mother. It's our home. It's a great time to hang out at home. Great time for personal reflection, noticing your, once again, your inner sense of security. Is there anything that you need to feel more secure? What can you provide for yourself? And this may mean setting clear boundaries with yourself on the activities that you're going to engage in. Um, it could be actually asking for help. Uh, sometimes Libras are so focused on giving and the other people, giving and the other people around them, that they kind of forget about asking things for themselves sometimes, or it might be difficult to ask for something for themselves. So maybe sitting and getting very clear with yourself on um, what, what you need to make this inner sense of security fortified and just really strong. The fourth house is also actually a very spiritual house. So just taking time to sit and meditate is also going to be very positive. Checking in with your mother if you are in good terms with your mom or a maternal figure is going to be good. It's also with Saturn, right? So doing acts of service for mother figures. Um, this could also be with goddesses, okay? Those, the divine feminine as well. If you are a Scorpio ascendant, this full moon or a moon, okay, for all of these, this is either by your rising sign or your moon sign. You can listen to both because both will apply in different ways. So if you are a Scorpio ascendant or a Scorpio moon, this is going to be taking place in your third house or third from the moon. And so the third house is our dexterity. It can be our earlier education. It also represents our siblings. It represents mass media and things like social media and advertising. So taking time to reflect on what you're going to post. <laughs> Be very mindful about what you're choosing to put out in the world, how people, how you may be presenting. This is a very, very creative time for you as well. It's a very romantic time for you, actually, for a few different things going on in your chart. Um, but for this full moon, focusing more on, once again, creativity, uh, media, advertising, how you are engaging with the media, it might be a good time to take that break, to take some time off, to, to let yourself be alone. The moon is also going to be a Saturn, as I keep saying. So this is a more restricted quality, right? This isn't that much of a, of a fun going out and party. It's a very quiet 
restrictive type of nature. So I think that Scorpio Ascendant is going to benefit greatly by taking time away from the media and turning inward and maybe taking time to engage in those other third house pursuits. Uh, the sun will also be in the ninth, of course. So maybe studying, learning, checking in with your siblings. If I didn't mention that already, maybe checking in with your dad. So if you are a Sagittarius Ascendant, there's a lot going on for you, but staying on with the full moon, the full moon is going to be taking place in your second house. So this is amazing because the second house is the mouth, it's our finances, it's our communication and our speech. Just paying extra attention to what you're saying, uh, what you're sharing with others, really applying that mindfulness to your communication and your listening ability because the moon is going to be in that nakshatra of Shravana, of course. So being mindful of your communication, Rahu and Venus will be, of course, in the seventh house. So I'm really sensing that this is going to be largely in regards to relationship. Um, so just venturing with care, being mindful with your communication, really think before you speak, Sagittarius. If you are a Capricorn ascendant or a Capricorn moon, this is going to be taking place, of course, in your first house. So excellent time to sit quietly with yourself, checking in with yourself, noticing if there is anything that you can let go of in regards to your personal identity. That's a pretty heavy, um, you know, horoscope because... Capricorn also has Saturn transiting their first house. So every Capricorn is having this kind of metamorphosis and change with their identity. Um, it's not a super bad transit for Capricorn. Of course, we want to see what everything else is happening here, what planets are sitting in Capricorn for each individual person. But in general, you know, there, there might be a lot of work, but then there might also be a lot of opportunities. What I'm saying, though, is that there is this shift and metamorphosis of your identity and how you engage with yourself. So being quiet with yourself, noticing those changes, honoring those changes, honoring yourself who you are today and releasing what you no longer need. If you are an Aquarius ascendant or an Aquarius moon, this is happening in your 12th house of your subconscious mind of foreign places, isolated places, meditation. So this might be a really good day to let yourself have personal time away, letting yourself be alone. You may be wanderlusting a little bit, um, thinking about foreign travel in some capacity. Super phenomenal day for meditation, yoga nidra, that's the sleep of the yogis. So if you can find an app that has a yoga nidra that you can get led through, it's a perfect time for this. Pay attention to your dreams because you may find that the night of the full moon or the night before the full moon that you have some interesting information come through. If you are a Pisces ascendant or a Pisces moon, this full moon is going to be taking place in your 11th house of friends, of network circles, of humanitarian efforts. But of course, it is going to be sitting with Saturn, which has this more restrictive nature to it. So if you do choose to spend time with others or spend time with a network circle, 
making sure that you're really flexing that shravana energy of listening, of being compassionate with other people, trying to kind of read between the lines. You may find that on this day, you actually just want to spend time by yourself. I want to say it's an excellent time to engage in humanitarian efforts. If you want to donate money to a charity or just support someone from far away, it's, it's a really good time for that. You know, if this is the occasion that you're a Pisces and you've been thinking about a new way to serve people, a new way of connecting others, of building bridges with others, this is also an auspicious time to kind of reflect on that. So that is my horoscope through the signs. This is a pretty long podcast. I don't usually make them this long, so I apologize. I like to try to keep them short for you all. Hopefully the next one will be a little bit shorter. But thank you so much for listening. If you would like to schedule a reading with me, please email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow my Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and on Twitter, astrologynow underscore. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much.